Thank you, God. God, we just thank you for your beauty, God, for your beautiful grace that has been poured out upon us, Lord. God, we thank you for the beauty of your love, Lord, that, Lord, sinners like me, sinners like us could be forgiven and set free. What a beautiful name it is. Lord, to hear that that sound of the gospel message for the first time, to hear that our sin can be washed away, that we can be forgiven by the creator of the universe, the God who reigns in heaven. What a beautiful name it is, Lord. God, I just pray today that you would help us to see with fresh eyes the truth of who you are, the truth of what you have done, that it is finished upon the cross. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to let the the veils of our heart, Lord, the veils of our eyes fall away, God. God, Lord, with this thinking in our lives where we've thought things, where we've done things just out of habit or whatever it might be, God, I just pray that you would change our thinking, Lord, this morning. Lord, even as we're worshipping you this morning, as as we're driving our car worshipping you, Lord, that you would change our hearts, Lord, that you would change our minds. Lord, Lord, that you would help us to be the people you created us to be. Lord, what a, what a beautiful thing it is for a, a, a person who's been created by you to be used by you, to be, to be living in the way that you desire for us. Oh Lord, we want to be those people. We want to be your church that is your tool, your instrument in your hand. We just pray that you would have your way in us this morning, Lord God. And thank you, Lord, for every person here today, every visitor, every new person, every person that's been here for 10, 20 years, Lord God, we just thank you that you know us and that you can touch our hearts and speak to us today. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, say amen. 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 You may be seated. So good to worship God. So good to to stop what we're doing, to forget about what we want and just praise Him for who He is. Amen. 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 He is so worthy of our praise. And uh, we can praise Him whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're whatever we are. We can praise Him. We can worship Him. And uh, it's so good. So good to have the kids in with us in big church today. Happy holidays still, kids. And the kids are like, yeah, except they're tired because they've been all staying up late late watching movies, haven't you? No. Welcome this morning. It is a, a special Sunday this morning because we do have the kids in, so we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning, as I like to do. We haven't uh, changed things around too much this morning. We've sort of kept it a little bit normal, but uh, this morning I want to I want to read a story. But before I do, I want to ask all the kids to come down and join me up here, and because uh, you guys you guys are a part of big church too. Because even though you guys go out to kids church sometimes, you can just grab a seat down here. Just um, try and avoid all the blocks. Michael's been having a party over here. Um, you guys are a part of the church. The Bible says if, if we believe Jesus is our Savior, you've never been here before, but if you know Jesus, you are still a part of His body. You're still a part of His family. And uh, I reckon it's pretty exciting to see all our kids last week, seeing Jess up here and the kids up here uh, leading us in worship. So exciting. And kids, I want to in- encourage you, just, just put away the colouring for a minute, Nathaniel. Put, put away the book for a minute. Yeah, thanks, mate. Come on, it's dad. I know it's dad up here, but good job, mate. Okay, so I, w- I want to talk to you guys a little bit this morning, and, and I want to read you a story. And uh, actually, the, the, the words are on the screen as well, so if you guys can't see the book, I've thought of the grown-ups too. Because you know what? The grown-ups have feelings too. 
And sometimes if they can't see, they get upset and they say, Dad, I can't see. Or, Pastor Andrew, I can't see. So we've got it up there as well. But you guys might be able to see. Can you see okay? Yeah. What's the, what's, what's, the, what's the book called? The Plans I Have for You. Written by Amy Parker. I want to read this to you this morning. And thanks, Joseph, for letting me steal your book for this morning. It says, it says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I mean, oh no, you probably can't read it anyway. But <laughs> Okay, the plans I have for you. Hey, you. I've got big plans for you, and you, and you, yes you, and you over there too, and out there, that's all of you. I need you in a hospital, and you at the zoo. Sometimes we feel like it's a zoo when it's school holidays, don't we, parents? Anyway, um, You'll be an entomologist in a forest in Peru. You can look that up in the dictionary later. Um, you are my hands and feet there on earth. I've given you a purpose. It's been there since birth. I wonder if you can see yourself up on the screen or in the, in the book anyway. Oh, it's no little purpose. I don't do things small. Yours is the most humongous purpose of all. Humongous. Yes, this job is for you, and only you can do it. I'm counting on you, so come on, get to it. You'll find what you need right there in your skin. I thought it all through when I put that stuff in. Helpful, kind, love, patience. To you I gave big hands, to you two big feet. You'll be my big helper. You'll walk down big streets. I've left you my instructions right here in my book. So open it often and take a good look. What's his, what's his book? The Bible. Good job. Well done, guys. We, we, no, I didn't even word them up on that. They, they knew. Awesome. Remember that I, who made the whole world, made you. And there's nothing that with my help you can't do. That's grown-ups too. So open your heart and listen real close. You'll find that one thing that you love the most. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Hello, you. God's made lots of yous, hasn't he? Then when you do, you just better watch out. Because I'll send you big jobs to be inspired about. The whole world will be better thanks to little old you. All because you did what I created you to do. What? You're still reading? There's so much to do. Now go out and find my big plans for you. The plans I have for you. God knows the plans he has for you. And you know what? We're all different, aren't we? We're all different. We all have different hairstyles. We all look different. We all smell different. We all like different things. Um, actually, I wonder, I wonder, we're all different. And I wonder this morning, hands up if you like broccoli. Who likes broccoli? I love broccoli. I occasionally have cravings for broccoli. Stir-fried broccoli, beans, carrots, throw it in the stir-fry mix, throw it around, nice and crispy. You hate broccoli? I think you like talking though. That's, God's made us all different. Uh, okay, so hands up, we've got a few like broccoli. Hands up if you like these things. 
Brussels sprouts. Awesome. We have a few people. We have a few people that like Brussels sprouts. That's fantastic. Okay, just just hands up. Maybe we won't yell out or it could get really noisy. Um, hands up if you like these things. Who likes that stuff? Yeah, yeah. There's a, a few of us like chocolate. What about these things? Who likes chips? Who's getting a little? Who's getting the munchies now? Nom 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 nom. And uh, now you you got to say this really really quietly. Okay, so just 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 hands because otherwise it could get really noisy. Who who likes them? Actually, I don't I don't really like them. I, I'm just not a big lolly fan. Well, guess what? I didn't bring any today because after last last time I thought no way am I giving out chocolates again. That's not not happening. You know, we're, we're all different. We all like different things. But do you know what I reckon would be really, really cool? You know it would be really cool? I reckon if, if God made the things that taste super, super awesome, like chocolate and chips, be the things that are really, really good for us, and the things like Brussels sprouts and broad beans and, I don't know, all those bleh, things, um, if they were the ones that were really, really bad for us. In fact, I'm not going to mention any names. This won't incriminate anyone because I'm sure there's a whole heap of people. But this morning before church, I was talking to someone who was saying, I've got to try and eat a bit healthier. And, you know, if, if, if God changed our desires, if we liked the things that were really, really good for us and we hated the things that were really bad for us, how good would that be? Because we wouldn't have to go on any diets. We wouldn't have to uh, be careful what we eat because we just love the stuff that we need. Anyone think that's a good idea? I, I think that would be helpful. And, and if once you'd had that one piece of dark chocolate that's good for you every day, apparently, and if you could just stop at one piece, how good would that be? God, just change your desires. Well, this morning, I want to talk about just that. God wants to change our desires. And we're going to read from the Bible in a second. But before we do, I'm going to give you guys some, some, some coloring sheets. And these, guys, these have got some, uh, some, que- some blanks on there that you guys have to try and fill out. But if you can take that back to mum and dad, and they, they might help you, because they're going to be listening really carefully and helping you follow on, and, uh, and prompting you when there's a, a blank to fill in. There we are. I just want to pass them around, guys. Thank you. And then you can take that back to your seat. Hopefully mum's got a pen, or dad's got a pen. But we're going to read from a book in the Bible this morning called Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. And this is a part of the Bible where God's people have gone into captivity. Awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. We might even see a little bit this morning. Um, Ezekiel 36 is a, a book of the Bible where God's people have done the wrong thing. God's people have disobeyed him. And God said if they disobeyed that they would be sent into exile. And they've gone into exile. They're in Babylon. And it says that they've been captive there. And we're going to read from Ezekiel 36. And the part we're reading just before this in Ezekiel 36... God says to the people, he says, you know what? I'm going to bring you back to, your, to the promised land. I'm going to bring you back to the place that I promised to you. And it's not because you have been really good. It's not because of your goodness. It's not because of anything you've done. And it's not because you deserve it. A little bit like what Matt was saying at communion time. It's not because you deserve it, but I'm going to bring you back to the promised land. And then he says this to his people in Ezekiel 36. So you ready, guys? Ready, kids? The listening ears on. Here we go. He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. You know, God isn't saying, Guys, 
you've done the wrong thing, you've been sent into captivity, I'm, I'm going to bring you back and you're all going to have a bath. He's not saying you're going to come back and we're all going to have a shower and you're, you're going to be washed clean. He's not talking about their physical dirt on them. He says, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. What he's talking about is the, the filthy desires, the filthy attitudes they have, the wrong thoughts. He says, I'm going to wash you and you're going to be clean and you're no longer going to worship idols. God wants to wash us clean. And we know now that it's through Jesus, it's through Jesus' death on the cross that we are washed clean, that we are made new. And we'll keep reading in verse 26. He says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. So how many people have, hands up if you've had that heart surgery, God's come and cut out your old heart, and, uh, and some of you are like, uh, is he talking literal or is he talking spiritual? Uh, it's not a physical thing. God doesn't come with a, a, a scalpel and cut it open and pull out our, our heart and, and change that pumping heart for a new pumping heart to pump blood around our body. If you say to someone, I love you with all my heart, we're talking about in the deepest part of who we are. We're saying, I love you with my heart, with my soul. I, I love you. And God wants to change our heart. He wants to take out our old heart of sin. He wants to change us and take out that old stubborn, stony heart that refuses to do what God says. And he wants to give us a new heart. Another translation says, with new and right desires. A tender and responsive heart. Now, what, what's responsive mean? I used to like watching motor racing, believe it or not, and uh, occasionally I'll still watch a Grand Prix or two. But uh, if you've got a responsive car, if you, if you turn left, I did that right away for you, didn't I? Left. That was good. I went right, and you guys thought he went left. If you, if you turn a car left, it goes left if it's responsive. If, if, and the moment you turn it right, it goes right. You put your foot in the accelerator. If it's a responsive car, it goes when you put your foot on it, doesn't it? And you all go, yeah, I hope it does. And you put your foot on the brake and it brakes immediately. And God wants, us to give a, God wants to give us a new responsive heart. That when he says, Andrew, go and speak to that person, we say, I'm going. If he says, go that way, we say, I'm on it. If he says, don't do that, we're listening. He wants to give us a new tender and responsive heart. Take away that stony, stubborn heart and give us a heart with new and right desires. How cool is that? He wants to help us desire and do the things that are good for us. And that could even include not eating so much chocolate, maybe, or eating more beans and broccoli. And you're going, I don't know if I like that idea, but it's good for you. And he goes on in verse 27. Oh, sorry, just to emphasize that, uh, kids, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit. Oh, good job. You've already got it. Well done. Verse 27, he says this, And I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Because his commands are good for us. His commands, his regulations are life to us. And he says, you're going to come back, you're going to come into the promised land, because you are my people. You will be my people, and I will be your God. What a beautiful picture it is for a person to know their creator, to know the way he created them to live, and for them to be in perfect relationship with 
the creator of the universe. What a beautiful picture for us to know God's desires, to obey His desires, to hear His word and and be a responsive person, to know that we have a new heart with a new spirit. He says, you're going to be washed clean. Your sin is going to be forgiven. And we are forgiven through Jesus' death on the cross for us. As Matt was telling us about at communion time, it's through what Jesus has done for us that we can be saved. We can never earn God's forgiveness. We can never do enough good things to outweigh our bad things. That's like saying we, we think we can earn God's forgiveness. But God's forgiveness is given by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And He washes us clean. It says our sin is gone. It's removed as far as east is from the west. He wants to wash us clean. It says He wants to give us a new heart to change our desires. God wants to give you a new heart. And maybe we have struggles at times with with our, our thinking. We want to do the wrong thing sometimes. But the Bible tells us in Romans 12 verse 2 that God wants to transform us. He wants us to renew our mind and change the way we think as we... As we read His Word, as we listen to Him, He wants to give us a new heart and change our desires. And that's going to keep going until the day we reach heaven. Because God's continually working on our hearts and changing us. And it says He wants to give us a new spirit. He wants to empower us to live this life that God's called us to. He doesn't just give us a new heart and wash us clean and say, well, go and do it. He wants to empower us to live this life that He's called us to. I wonder if you've ever been on, on holidays after Christmas time and uh, you've got some new toy that mum and dad have given you or someone's given you. Has anyone ever got a toy and you, and you had to leave it behind because mum and dad said, you might break it. And it's like, yeah, I, I hear you, Luke. And, uh, and you, you leave your favourite present at home. But you go away on holidays and a couple of days to go over the holiday, you think, yes, I can't wait to get home and play with my new toy. And maybe even still you do that when you go away on holidays as grown-ups. Maybe. Maybe I'm saying too much about myself. But maybe, just maybe, it's a remote control car. And uh, you've got a brand new remote control car. And you've been away on holidays. You get home. You race to your bedroom. You get that remote control car out. You turn it on. You put it down. You get the remote control. You turn it on. The lights come on. And you go, yes, here we go. And you push the button. And nothing happens. And you go, no, what's gone wrong with my car? And you realize the batteries are flat because you left it on the whole time you're away. It's so discouraging. It's so sad, that moment. And you go to the cupboard and you say, Mom, where are the batteries? And you just hope someone's got new batteries, don't you? Yeah, you do. Well, those batteries are a little bit like God's Spirit. Our batteries get flat, but God wants to empower us with His Holy Spirit. He wants to empower us so we don't get like that car that runs flat. He wants to empower us with His Holy Spirit. He wants to not just change our heart, but empower us to live that new life for His glory. I know in Kids Church, you guys have been talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys have been filled with the Holy Spirit even in the last few weeks. And you talked about, I think, a flashlight, a, a torch. How a torch is useless unless you've got batteries in it. It might like, be a paperweight, but you can't do much with it. But if you put some batteries in a torch, it can light up wherever it goes. And God wants to empower us like a, a battery in a torch that we can shine for His glory, that you can live and be God's light on this earth wherever you go, because He knows the plans He has for you.
You know, one of my favorite songs I've got to say, someone should, no, I won't say that. Um, a song I've been singing a lot since our kids were born is, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I think if we could have that attitude every single day, to say, God, this little, little, little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Lord, help me to shine for your glory today when I go to work. Help me to shine for your glory as I go to school, as I go to uni, as I do what I do today. Help me to shine for you. What a great song to get stuck in our heads day by day. God's Spirit empowers us to live for Him. I just realized I haven't checked where I'm supposed to be saying this morning. I should open my notes. Oh, wrong sermon. Whoops, we'll start again. Just kidding. God wants to empower us. You know, I am nearly 35 years old. And uh, as I've got old these last few years, as I've got old, um, I've learned something. I've learned something as I've got old these last few years, kids. And old people are no different than kids. And the older I get, the more I realize it's true. Isn't that true? People may be older than me. We may look a little different. We, we may have a few more hairs on our chin. We may have a few less hairs on our head. We may have a few more wrinkles or a few more grey hairs. Don't look too closely back here. Um, our ears may get bigger. Our clothes may look less cool to you. We may smell different to you. We may have, seem to have less energy than you. But on the inside, we're the same. You know, I've been doing Kids Hope now for, how long, Sue? I've had three different kids through Kids Hope, uh, our mentoring program in Colac Primary School. And I've got to tell you, those three kids have been very different. Some of them have had a lot of energy, a lot of energy. <laughs> and some of them haven't had less energy. But every one of those kids have been the same in the way that they want to be loved, that they want to be known, and they want to be cared about. That's true for every single one of us. I've been to our seniors group sometimes and, and our seniors, you know what? They want to be loved, they want to be cared for and they want to be known. And I can pretty much say, I'm, I'm sure that's true for every one of us here today, that we want to be known, we want to be loved and we want to be cared about. We might look different on the inside but we're all pretty much the same. I'm 35 nearly now. I had to actually do the maths from my birthday to work out how old I was. But uh, um, as I've got older, I've realised that. But you know what? As we get older, we also do discover some things that we aren't so good at. Like for me, playing golf. I'll occasionally give it a go, but uh, I'm not so good at it. Uh, we also discover some things that we can do quite well, like ride a bike, even in the pouring rain and hail yesterday. Um, oh, thanks, Nathaniel. <laughs> We've also discovered some things that we would love to do but haven't yet done. Like go and watch the Tour de France live instead of on TV. There's my little... And we've also discovered some things that we would love to do, but you know what? As we've got older, we've actually given up on those things. And there's some things that we thought we would love to do in this life that we've said, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. And I used to want to go to the Olympics. That was my dream. That was my goal. But you know what? I know that I'm never going to go to the Olympics and compete in the Olympics anymore because God has changed my desires. Sometimes we miss opportunities and sometimes we choose different opportunities because God changes our desires. This morning I want us to have a look at a clip about some people who get old. And uh, in this clip, 
Uh, it's in a movie called Up, if you've seen the movie. It's about Carl and Ali. And these two people have a dream. These guys have a plan. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie or not, but we're just going to have a look at a part of this video this morning. Thanks, guys. Carl and Ali had some dreams. Carl and Ali had some dreams and those dreams led them to do things and get involved in things and, and meet each other. I can see a few wet eyes out there. <laughs> but you know, sometimes the dreams we have never come to pass. Sometimes the things we wish we could do never happen. Carl and Ali had a dream and finally, Carl thinks, right, I'm going to buy the tickets. He goes out, he gets the tickets to Venezuela. And he goes, he plans the romantic day out. He goes to give them to Ali up the top of that hill. But they never get to the top of that hill. And they never get to go together to Paradise Falls. They're ready to go. But sometimes we miss the opportunities God gives us. Sometimes those opportunities lead to other things. And if you watch the rest of the movie, you see that even though they never got to go together, even that desire to get to the Paradise Falls leads him to find a new dream and a new desire and a new adventure. In Ephesians 5.26, it talks about how Christ so loved the church that he died for the church to wash her and that we, to, to, that we are washed by the Word. And that we are washed by putting our faith in Jesus. We are made whole and we are made clean by putting our faith in Jesus. But we are also washed day by day as we read His Word, as we open His Word, as we declare God's Word over each other. We are washed over and over again so that our desires might continually be renewed. So that our, our desires, our thoughts might be continually made new. I believe as we're washed by God's Word, He continues to give us new dreams and new desires washed by the cleansing of God's word uh, but God can give us new adventures and new dreams as we listen to his spirit as we listen to his word you might have missed some opportunities you might have missed some dreams and think I'm never going to get there but if you're being washed by God's word you can find the dream God has for you God still knows the plans he has for you God still knows His purposes He has for you and He wants to lead you in those things. You know, you might have a dream to become a doctor. You might have a dream to become an entomologist in Peru. You might have a dream to be a, a teacher or a pastor or a builder or a, who knows what it might be. And I want to say don't give up on those dreams, but keep coming back to say, God, what's your desire for me? In Ezekiel, we've just read it, it says... God wants to give us a new heart with new and right desires. And my prayer as I've gone through life, as I've had to make bigger decisions, has always been, God, if this is right, if it's right, let that desire grow. And if it's not your will, let the desire fade away. And he's done that time after time, that as I pray that prayer, he's made some desires fade away and, and, and disappear. And other desires he's just made grow and grow. But whatever you do, I want to ask can we all choose to obey Paul's command to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? God knows the plans he has for you, but whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, 
do it all for the glory of God. I wonder, can we all say that that's what we do? Whatever we do in this life, wherever we go, whatever occupation we might have, do we do it all for the glory of God? Because I believe that should be our desire. And if we're being washed by God's Word, if we're coming to church and having fellowship with one another, if we're allowing people to speak into our life with, with God's truth, I believe we will do whatever we do all for the glory of God. And in a sense, it doesn't matter what we do. But it's how we do it. Are we doing it for the glory of God or for the glory of us or for the glory of someone else or to please someone else? Is our desire to do it all for the glory of God? I want to read another passage in Ezekiel chapter 37. And Ezekiel 37, God takes Ezekiel to this valley of dry bones, this valley filled of, with dead people bones. And... God says to Ezekiel, I want you to speak to these bones. Speak to these bones that they might have life. And Ezekiel speaks and the bones start rattling and coming together and there's, there's ligaments joining them together and there's muscles growing on the bones and there's, the skin begins to form over the muscles and the bones begin, begin to, to look like people again. But it says they have no breath in them. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I want you to speak to these bones. I want you to speak again and, and, and that my breath would come into them, that they would become alive again. And it says, so he speaks. We'll read in verse Ezekiel 37. Is it, there we go. Verse 10, it says, So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. You know, I think it's interesting. It doesn't say anything more about what that army does afterwards. And I think it just makes me think of the church and that God wants to breathe His, His breath upon us. He wants to give us a new heart with new and right desires. He wants to fill us with His Spirit. And I see us like that great army that's been given life. But it doesn't tell us what happens next. Because I wonder if maybe it's just up to us to choose what we do next. God brings life where there is death. He brings new breath where there is no life so that we can be that great army of God, the messenger of his, of his hope. But we have the choice as to where to from there. And in verse 11 it says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. I just wonder if there's some people in the church, people in His church across the world that maybe here today that even feel like we have become old, dry bones and all hope is gone. You know what? You don't have to be old to feel like all hope is gone. You might feel like you're seven years old and you feel like all hope is gone. Maybe someone said something about you and you've believed that lie and you said, I could never do that thing for God. Maybe you've believed what some school teacher said when you were eight years old and for the rest of your life you've believed, I could never do that, I could never become that. And you've believed the lies that Satan's spoken about you through a person. We don't have to be old to believe that we're old dry bones and all hope is gone. But God knows the plans He has for you. And He can bring new life into old dry bones. He can cause us to rise again even when we feel like we have no hope. 
we have no purpose, that God can breathe new life into old, dry, and even dead bones and cause us to rise again for His glory. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says this, For in Him all things were created. In Jesus all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. Everything in heaven and earth has been created by God for His glory. You exist for the glory of God. Your creation is, has, has occurred so that you could glorify God. That's your purpose. That's God's desire. That's His dream for you. All things have been created through Him and for Him. I wonder, do we believe we can live for the glory of God, that our life could bring praise and honor and glory to God? Because God certainly does. You might feel like you're, you've missed the opportunity. You, miss, you might feel like you've done too many bad things. You might feel like you've messed it up too, too many times. You might feel like you've gone too far in the wrong direction. But God is able where He has called you to restore those things and help you to live the life He's called you to. Maybe opportunities have been missed. Maybe that dream is gone, but God has a new dream for you. While you are on this earth, you exist for His glory. It doesn't matter how old, how young you are, every breath we have is for the glory of God. I want to teach you a verse this morning that I taught the kids' church a few weeks back. And uh, this verse is a verse I, lo- I learned from a guy by the name of Reggie Dabbs. And anyone who doesn't know Reggie Dabbs, he's, he's a very uh, African-American guy, exuberant personality. And I, I want to teach you this verse this morning. I don't want to just read it to you. I want you to go away with this verse stuck in your brain for the rest of your life. <laughs> and we're going we're to try that this morning. Uh, we, we, we learnt this in kids' church the other week. But I want you to learn this verse this morning and understand what it means and have it ringing in your head for the rest of your life. It's in Psalm 119, verse 32. It says this, I run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. I run. Does it say walk? No. Does it say sit? No. Does it say I dawdle? No, it says I run. In the path of your command. Does it say I run in the, in the, the uh, dawdling track? No, it says I run in the path. There's a path set out before us. Does it say I run in the way I feel like I go, should go that day? No, it says I run in the path of your command. Who's your? God. I run in the path of your command, God. You know, His commands for us are life. We read His Word, it tells us how to live. It tells us what God is like. It tells us what we are like. And it brings life as we listen to His commands. I run in the path of your command, for you, Jesus, have set my heart free. He's set our heart free. He's he's actually replaced our heart. He's got rid of our old heart of sin and and, and stony, rebellious, stubborn heart that doesn't want to do what God says. He's given us a new heart. He's set our heart free so that we can love doing the things that God designed us to do. 
That's so good. I want you to say it after me. I run. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's get excited. I run in the path of your command. Oh, we're getting tired. Come on. Let's speak to our dry bones. Of your command. For you. Not me, God. For you. Have set my heart free. Now you've got you to find your big African-American voice inside there somewhere. They say, my heart free. Oh, come on, let's try it again. My heart free. Hey, there we go. Let's say it again. I run in the path of your command. For you have set my heart free. That's it. Good job, Mike. <laughs> I wonder, has God set your heart free? Do you know the freedom in your heart that God wants for you? Jesus died on the cross so that you could be set free from the power of sin and death. He doesn't want you to desire to steal, to kill, destroy. He doesn't want you to desire to live for yourself and try and do things on your own. He wants to empower you to live the life He designed you to live. Are we running in the path of His command? Do we see His command as something that is good for us? And is it a joy to us? Do we open His Word and say, Thank you, God, for your Word that gives me life and shows me how to live. God, I want to run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. Let's say it one last time. I run in the path. Come on, young adults. I run in the path of your command. For you have set my heart free. That's more like it. I run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. I don't run in the path of God's command so that my heart will be set free. We don't run in His commands to try and earn His forgiveness. We run in the path of His command because He set our heart free and He wants to give us joy as we live this life for Him. I want to finish this morning by praying. I want to pray for people this morning that maybe feel like old dry bones. And you might be 20 years old and feel like you've got old dry bones and all hope is gone. You might be 55 years old. You might be 95 years old. Now, I had a great time this week visiting Norma. Norma's back in Colac now. And I won't say her age, but uh, she's a little bit older than me. And uh, she's had a stroke and she can't yet speak fully but I'm praying for a miracle that she can get restored and be able to speak again. But this lady who can't even speak, I look at her and as I talk to her, as we pray together, as we talk about the love of God, you can just see the, 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 the joy of the Lord is her strength. She can't speak, but her face lights up with this cheeky grin and says, I oh know my God's bigger. And we might be 95 years old, we might be five years old, but God does not want us to have old dry bones that think all hope is gone. He wants to breathe life into you. He wants to give you a new heart. He wants to wash your heart, to take out that old stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart that loves to do what God commands and empower you with His Holy Spirit. So God, I just pray right now for each of us here this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. That God, we would be washed by your word, your, 
your Rima word, your living word, even to us right now, God. God, I thank you for speaking to, to kids even in primary school right now that people have said things about them. Maybe they've said they're dumb. Maybe they've said they're stupid. Maybe they think they could never do something because what someone has said about them. But God, I pray that you would break off that lie in Jesus' name. That God, people in this place today would believe the words you speak about them, Lord. That God, that we would believe the truth about what you say about us. Lord, it's you that created us. It's you that knows us. It's you that we exist for the glory of God. Lord, maybe there's people here today that even as adults, they're still bound by things that people spoke over them as children. And God, I pray that you would release them from those things in Jesus' name. We prophesied to old dry bones this morning, people that feel they have no hope, people that feel like the dream is gone, the dream is dead, that they could not do something to, to be for your glory. God, I prophesy right now and speak that we would know the, pl the, the plans you have for us, that we would know that we've been created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works you've planned for us long ago. God, I, I just believe right now for, for, for pictures to come into people's minds of things that you're calling us to do in our workplace, ways that we can do what we do for your glory, God. I just see a, a picture of someone putting a little... I don't know if it's a, a little verse or, or what it is, but just something on your desk to say, all things are possible through Christ. Just to declare, I'm living for God's glory. And maybe you've never done something like that before and people are going to ask you about it and you're going to have words to explain the hope you have in Jesus so that you can be for His glory all the more in that workplace you're in. You know, no one else can live the life that God has called you to live for His glory in the way He's intended you to. Kids, God has made you in a way that no one else can do in this world what He's created you to do. The church is His body, and every person has a different part to play in His body. God, I just pray right now that You would encourage, that You would inspire us, that You would give us boldness to rise up as Your church, like that great army filled with Your breath that we would go out and live this life for your glory, God. I pray for every one of the kids in this church, everyone here today, that God, we would be filled with your Spirit, empowered to live this life that you have for us. We pray breaking off of, of lies, and we pray, Lord, an opening up to your Spirit and what your Word says. Let's be a people who, who prophesy to each other what God would say to us, to one another. You don't have to wait for someone to say, God saith unto you that you should go and do this. But we can speak words of encouragement. We can speak words of truth of His Word over each other that we might rise up and be the people He desired us to be. God has not finished with you yet. While you have breath, while you have a heartbeat, while you're on this earth, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And let's keep pursuing that day by day by day together. We're going to close with a song now, but if there's anyone here this morning and you, you just need someone to pray with you this morning, you know you are struggling to have hope. Maybe you've just really got discouraged. We are the family of God. Let's not leave feeling discouraged. I encourage you to come down the front and we'd love to pray with you. Let's give our whole life and lay it all down and ask for Him to be glorified through all that we do. Let's stand. Let's sing. 
Let's honor him. To honor this love by the Lamb who was slain, I'm forgiven.